let's let's go to the book of Matthew. Read a couple of verses. Matthew 21. <clears throat> verse 7. Matthew 21, verse 7. Notice how focused he was, as we discussed, how focused he was in achieving the goal. And, and remember, uh, uh, the service's earlier sentiment, what, what the Lord is sharing with us, we're not to be on standby, we're to be moving forward, you know, possessing our land. Uh, you know, the enemy knows this already, so... You know, he, he, he's trying to set up things to try to hinder us and limit us from taking our land. But he knows that we're already empowered. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. You know, so he can't stop us if we know it. But if we don't, he'll try to fool us by sending a word here, a thought here, an experience there, a situation there. But Jesus knew it. When the enemy came to him, he kept on saying, it is written, it is written, it is written. You could not stop Jesus. And especially in this last week, there were four things. But let's just start reading from uh, chapter 21, verse 7. It says, They bought the donkey and the colt, and they laid their clothes on them, and they set Jesus on them. And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then the multitudes who went before and those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. There was a, a strong atmosphere of praise, of worship, adulation, ce celebration. It was an awesome sight to behold that as he passed by that road, Myriads of people just worshiping and acknowledging his kingship, his lordship. And when he had come to Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, who is this? And what caused that atmosphere was the praise. It was the celebration. It was, it was, it was the, the loudness of the people. So the multitude said, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word. Yes. We thank you for your word. Dear Holy Spirit, I pray that you open up the eyes of our understanding today. That we might be able to see that which you want to bring to us today. And Lord, that it might not just be information, but that it might be revelation. We're careful to give you all the glory, the honor, the praise, and all the worship. For thou art God. Above thee there is no other. Thank you, Father. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Amen. So the first thing that we see in the life of Jesus, before he was getting ready for a big event, he, he bathed himself in an atmosphere of worship and praise. Now you might not know this, but an atmosphere of worship and praise will change your mind, it will change your heart, it will change your emotional state to a place where you're ready to do battle. And we need to be ready to do battle right now. Because there are too many, too many things coming against us. We got the issues of, of finances. We have the, the issues of the news of the day. We have family issues. We have personal issues. We have issues from the past that we have to break through. So you need to be invested 
in an atmosphere of praise and worship. Every day I need to wake up and I need to praise God. Because when I praise God, He'll show up. Uh, uh, Minister Tony said earlier on, he says, uh, and he, he reminded us, the Bible says that God dwells among the praises of His people. In the Old Testament, there was one time when God's people were attacked by three nations and they didn't even know about it. One guy came in, escaped, and he was able to tell them, listen, you got three nations coming at you. And what did they do? They started seeking God, they started fasting, and they set themselves up to go against the enemy. How? In praise and worship. There's something about praise and worship. When I start praising God, suddenly my attitude starts shifting. Yes. My, my anger starts leaving. My offense starts leaving. And now I enter into a spirit of gratitude. And another thing about it, I start hearing God. I start getting sensitized to what the Spirit of God is saying. So we need to be in a spirit of worship and, 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 and vibrant exaltation in these days. I mean, you need to find time to worship God on the job. You need to find time to worship at, at home, in the, in the train, whatever it might be. We need to start not just hearing hallelujah, we need to start saying hallelujah. We need to start praising God. We need to start getting grateful once again. We're always complaining. We're always talking about this and talking about that. We've embraced what the world world or how the world handles their stuff how does the world handle their stuff they're always complaining they're always angry always offended i mean you touch somebody in the train they want to hit you just the other day on the internet uh, we saw two young ladies fighting an older white lady just just beating up on her and uh, you and you're looking at that you're saying well why why in the world would you want to do that People ready to pounce at you in a moment's notice. I'm not going to get caught up in that. I'm not going to get invested in that. No, I'm going to worship God. And you know what happens when I'm in a praise and worship attitude? If there's something negative around or something ready to pounce on me, God will show me before it ever happens. I'll be able to walk away from that thing. I'll be able to avoid that thing. Or my praise and worship attitude will come into the place and shut that down. I've seen times where I've walked in after praising and worship. I've walked into an antagonistic atmosphere and suddenly somebody it's like they dump cold water on that thing and the person wants to vent at me and they can't even Amen. can't Amen. do it anymore why because the presence of god changes things the presence of god brings wisdom yes. the presence of god brings answers the presence of god brings joy and the bible says it's the joy of the lord that is your strength yes. so we need to be in that, that atmosphere so that the joy of the lord will well up and spring up because some of us man let me tell you we need to be bathed Enjoy because we're walking around all the time. All the time. Praise God. What a beautiful day. What's good about it? I mean, and we're talking about Christians. We're talking about Christians, but you need to get away from that atmosphere. It's time to get happy. I need to shoot you with bullets of happiness. I mean, I need to do something. I, I, I mean, I need to make a, 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 a tincture or something. Amen. You know, you make a garlic sauce and throw it on somebody. It smell like garlic. I need to spend, throw some joy sauce on you or something like that. Because, you know, some Christians stink. Walk around there. Mm, what's that? Oh, that's a nasty Christian right there. Just a nasty Christian. We need, to, we need to get away from that. And we need to receive the joy of the Lord. Tell your neighbor, it's time to receive the joy of the Lord. Amen. We need to follow Jesus. We need to follow Jesus in this day. It's not time to be arguing and fighting. The world is right now very confused and they're scared and they're looking for somebody that has the answer. And according to the Bible, the church has the answer. And if the church has the answer, why aren't we acting like we do? 
It's time we get our act together. I thought, again, I'm just quoting, I'm, I'm quoting the worship team today. They had the notes, I guess, before they put them up there. It's time to show and express the answer. Jesus in me is the hope of glory. Colossians 2.10. Hallelujah. So the first thing he did is he made sure that there was an atmosphere of praise and worship. Because he had a, a hard road. A very difficult road. And then the second point, he reached out to those he loved and he warned them of the danger of rejecting, rejecting his gift to humanity. In Luke 19, 41, it says, as he approached Jerusalem, he wept over it. And he said this, if you, even you, had known the day that would bring you peace. After those words, the Lord predicted the fall of that great city. So, you know, the worship atmosphere brings along with it a prophetic atmosphere. When you start knowing the things that the Lord is doing. And we, got to, we have to understand as a church, the Lord speaks to us. The Lord gives us direction and wisdom. And it's in that attitude, in that atmosphere, that God will give you daily direction. And as Jesus poised himself toward his purpose, one of the things he did is he, he um, bathed himself in that atmosphere of worship and praise, and then he walked into that prophetic element, and then he started speaking to those around him. Let me tell you, we have the word of the Lord, and it is incumbent upon us to open up our mouths and share our testimonies, and share what God has done for us, because they need to hear it also. It's the time of their visitation. And one of the ways that God brings a visitation, He brings His people to the place. Amen. When somebody's ready to have a visitation, you know what God will do? He'll talk to you and He'll move your heart, your heart, your heart to go and minister to them. You're part of that visitation. When God's ready to visit a community, He visits the church first. And then He visits through the church. Hallelujah. And we're at the place of our visitation. God is speaking to us. And God is even bringing prophetic element in this house. We just experienced just a dab of it, a touch of it, just three weeks ago. And in a couple of weeks, we're going to experience another massive dose, another concentrated two days. So if I were my brother, I would take a a plane from Georgia and come over here personally. I wouldn't be messing with Georgia. I'd be in New York City for that day. Forget streaming, man. Get on the plane, on the train, on the bus. Do whatever you need to do to be here. I'm just joking, my brother. No, I'm not. Anyway. <laughs> so the... <laughs> now, I got to give him a high five on that one. <laughs> so the second element is that the word of the Lord is flowing through us. And many times we stifle it. Many times we shut it down. We refuse to, to share the word of the Lord. It's time to share it. When is it going to be time? Always the time is now. Now. Whenever you hear the Holy Spirit speaking, the Holy Spirit will say, Now, Now. listen to me. Now is the day. Now is the time. Because faith always is now. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So brethren, we have to start prophesying now. Not prophesying just in church, but prophesying on the job. You need to prophesy to your co-workers. You need to prophesy to your children. You need to prophesy in your home and speak the word of the Lord and just let them know what God is about ready to do in their lives. I'm not talking about complaining. I mean, in the 70s, I went around with an evangelist. I was brand new, a brand new Christian, and I really liked this guy. I, I really wanted to learn, so I went out into the streets with him. And this guy had a bullhorn with him. Remember those bullhorns? Yeah. Oh, you, 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 you press a little button, and suddenly, oh, you hear it. Remember those bullhorns? Well, he would go, and he'd, it, but here's the problem. He wasn't prophesying the word of the Lord. He was prophesying culture. He was going... Hey, you there, you lady with them pants, you better take them pants off and put a skirt on. You're going to split hell wide open, glory to God, hallelujah. 
So meanwhile, the boyfriend would look and he would, he'd run after the evangelist to hit him. You see, and, and I would say, I don't know him. <laughs> I said, that's the wrong way. Hey, you there with that cigarette, better turn that thing off. You're going to die of cancer. I mean, what type of message is that? I mean, people are not going to come to Jesus that way. I have a message. Flash, flash alert. That's not the way to evangelize in the street. It's outdated. It's outmoded. And don't get me wrong. There are people that are called to the street. But what I'm saying, sometimes certain things you'll say, immediately people shut down. They won't listen to you. They want to see the love of God in you before they hear of the love of God. So we need to serve people and just love on them, show them genuine care. There are ways to preach the gospel that will share the love of God with them. What did Jesus do when he came into a town? He healed their sick. First thing he did, he would heal their sick. So how would those people respond? Well, they want, I want to hear more. See, so what can the church do? Could go in, heal the sick, feed the poor, um, minister to their needs, their felt needs, and then pray for them, and you know what will happen? They'll open up and want to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Then the third thing that Jesus did is there was a cleansing in the temple. He went right into the temple, kicked out all the money changers. I mean, that that was a a, a serious scene. Many people think that Jesus was gentle, nice, uh, sweet, uh, uh, you know, uh, just really, uh, uh, with a crying, with two two tears, always with two tears. You know, not for nothing, but the European drawings of old pictured many men like that. You know, they were very, very quiet and, you know, almost feminized type of view of a man, right? Just really meek. No, Jesus was a carpenter. Yes. He was a warrior. He lasted in the desert. You know, the desert during the day was 120 degrees and at night it would go down to 40 and 30 degrees. He lasted 40 days in the desert. No wimp will last 40 days in the desert. He, he fought the devil face to face. He beat out a whole group of money changers, kicked them all out. You don't do that unless you're UFC material. Uh, you, you ever touched a carpenter's hands before? A carpenter will slap you, you're dead. You're gone, that's it, hospital for you. All your teeth knocked out just with one slap. Because, you know, you're constantly working with wood and you're cutting wood. And, and not, in, in those days, there was, we didn't have the skill sets, you know. We didn't have those type of things. We didn't have craftsmen tools. Everything was done a mano. You know, old, old, rough. So Jesus was rough. He, he was a warrior. Amen. Glory to God. So he went up there, he whipped everybody, kicked them out. He says, this is a house of prayer. My father's house is a house of prayer. And in this day also, there is a time of cleansing. So as we get prepared to go out into the greatest time of this ministry's history, we need to also allow the cleansing wave of the Holy Spirit to cleanse us of our attitudes. To cleanse us of anything that would hinder us from walking in. Israel of old, when God gave them the land, they refused to enter the land because of a mindset. It was a mindset of fear that didn't allow them to enter in and receive all that God had for them. And even today, too many of God's people are missing out on what God wants to do in and through them. Not because He hasn't authorized it, but because we refuse because of mindsets, because of attitudes, because of fears, because of doubts. But it's time to take that and just put that aside. Say, Lord, cleanse me. 
Cleanse me because I need to be in the center of your purpose. There's no time to waste. There's no time to play. There's no time to fiddle-faddle. I can't be this side of the fence one day and then on the other side of the fence the other day. I'm either in this or out of this. I'm either 100% or nothing at all. Oh, God, give me 100% heart for you. Hallelujah. So we need God to cleanse us and prep us for the battle. I, I know I'm looking at warriors right now. Some of you are looking, you're giving me a warrior face. face. Amen. They, uh, I got an R right, right there. Praise God. Anybody else give me a warrior face? All right, all right. In truth, that's what we are. My sister's going, what's that? <laughs> you haven't been to a good playoff ball game yet. Yeah, those football guys, 30 below zero, they take their shirts off and write the names of their team. Yeah. It's a warrior attitude. It's a warrior mindset. You can't understand that unless you're a warrior. And you, need, you know what happens? See, don't, don't, don't go like that. Don't do like that. You need to understand men are warriors. So what happens is, since we, we, we can't fight anymore, we'll look at those young people that are doing it in our name. That's our team. And if they win, we win. And we're, oh, come on, you're going to make that. And I'm looking at he's, he's sitting in his couch. You could have done that. You could have done those two points. So I feel like saying, hey, dude, why don't you get up and do the two points then, right? But it's not the point. The point is, is by, by virtue of the fact that they experienced their victory, for them it's a victory too. It's my team. See, so you see it even in the couch potatoes. For a moment, they get excited. For a moment, they lift up their legs because there's a warrior inside of them. There's a warrior in all of us. Come on, say to your neighbor, there's a warrior in you. Praise God. So we need to get that back. We need to get that back. See, if that warrior doesn't come forth, you're not going to step into your purpose. You're not going to do all that you're called to be. You're not going to get that business. You're not going to get that ministry. You're not going to get that advance. You're not going to get that girl that will be your wife in the future. And nothing will happen unless the warrior comes out. Hallelujah. You're not going to get that raise. I mean, you're not going to get that promotion. Somebody's got to see the warrior. Hey, man, I want to see a warrior here somewhere. Amen. We got to get into that warrior praise. I remember years ago, a prophet came to our house. He says, this church is going to be known for a worship that is, that is on another level. They're going to say, oh, man, wasn't that a great uh, service? And the hair's all over the place. Where's my shoes? They're really just, just like that. And I'll, I never forgot that because it created such a picture in me of the type of worship that we would have in this church. Amen. Amen. Well, I believe those days are coming. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we're praising God. We're, we're not being too polite anymore. So you're not going to praise too bad for you. Go to the altar and, and just lift up our hands in the presence of God. Why? Because we know in that atmosphere there's healing. There's salvation. There's wisdom. There's anointing. Glory to God. There's restoration. It's that atmosphere that's going to take me to the next level. I got to be in that atmosphere or I die. Hallelujah. No time to play, people. No time to play. It's a time of war. It really is a time of war. It's a time, glory to God, for inheriting our possession. It's a time to expand our horizon. That's why God is speaking to us that way. And we're going, wow, sounds nice, nice. No. God is speaking to you. Expand. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody praise you. Amen. Hallelujah. And then lastly, there was a return to Bethany. Every day, that whole week, he'd go into Jerusalem, 
minister. And at the end of the day, he would go to Bethany. Some people believe he was staying in Simon the leper's home. He ministered to Simon the leper. And it's interesting because return to home after a day like that, several things come out. Is fellowship, rest, teaching of the word. Because it was during that time in the afternoon, he'd go back and he would teach his disciples. Some of the historical books would say that he would go back every day in the evening and sit down with his disciples and those that were there and teach them the word and talk to them about the things that were on their way, things that were going to happen. So here we have a return to what's really important in our lives. What are you chasing today? Are you chasing for fame and fortune? Do you want to be the next Lady Gaga? No, no, listen. Hey, I, I, li too many people. Too many of our young people. I want to be just like Gaga. <laughs> really? She has ambition. I mean, she's doing it. She's acting. I'm exactly on what It's marketing. It might not be the right thing, but she's acting. Yeah. So you can't, you know, there's not agreement maybe with her style of doing it, but she's up there doing it. Right. And everybody said she wasn't going to do it. Right. Right. An Italian girl from the community. From, I think, Brooklyn or somewhere. Yeah. Now she says she was always that way. No, she wasn't. In earlier days, she went to school. She was normal. It's all an act. But here's the point. The kids think it's real. The kids think that's the way you need to be. It's all an act. Parlor tricks. But too many of our kids are wanting to be exactly that. They want to be the actor. They don't want to be the real person. They don't know too many of these people in the background. They're addicted. They're depressed. Yes. They're going through true. miserable changes. That's true. That's true. Too many of them. They are heroes. The Charlie Sheens are all heroes. <laughs> you don't understand. When you have too much pressure on you all the time, and you have to perform all the time, all you see on TV is the big warrior, or the one that does the big movie, makes the $20 million, but you don't know in the background the level of pressure that they have. They can't walk to the corner store without people thronging them and taking pictures of them. I like uh, AOL. I've been with AOL for many years because that's how, where I get my email and I know how to navigate within the context of AOL. I'm used to it. But I don't like many times the things they focus on. We have pictures of, uh, of some actress and her hair is undone. I go, yeah, and what do I care? <laughs> I mean, I really, I throw an attitude. I throw a tantrum in the computer. I go, e? <laughs> really? I mean, the, poor people. And then they treat it like a crime when the person finally loses it and punches the, the camera guy in the face. The camera oh, yeah, it hit me. <laughs> Meanwhile, nobody sees the way those people are. Uh, some of these camera guys, not all of them, but some of them, like predators. Yeah. They'll get up on trees right outside the house and look right into the window. I want that life? I don't care for that. I don't care for that. We need a return to what's important. What's important? Our family. What's important? Our local church. Our fellowship. That's what's important. What's important? Rest in the Lord. There are too many struggles, too many stresses out there or stressors out there that can just drive you Bananas, if you're not careful. We need to be around the fellowship of the saints, the fellowship of our family, fellowship of our good friends. Not just, not just acquaintances. I'm talking about our good friends. Mm -hmm. 
Our friends that love us when we have the money and our friends that love us when we don't have the money. Amen? Amen. You have some friends like that? Very few of them. Most people that you call friends are really acquaintances. But you'll have those friends that they'll be with you in the good times and the bad times. They'll be with you when the wig is on. They'll be with you when the wig is off. They'll be with you when you have hair. And they'll be with you when you don't have any more hair. Amen, Fred? <laughs> Fred's, not, Fred's not even listening to it. He's busy yapping, you know? Those are true friends. Amen, Fred. Preach it. So it, it also shows, it also shows that, shows that Jesus would get tired. People, we get tired. We need rest. We need to rest in the Lord. We need physical rest. And it shows that during this week, he prepped himself. He went out there. And, and did the celebration. He went out there and did the prophesying. But at the end of the day, he'd go back home, spend time with his family, spend time with his close associates, with his disciples. He'd minister in the Word, and he would rest. So we need, just like Jesus, we also need to adapt that in our lives. How many of, how many of us here are running all the time? All the time. Just running all the time till you drop. You need to start assessing that and learn to rest more. Look at your schedule and, and, and like some of you say, calm down. <laughs> calm down. Right, we need to calm. Say to your neighbor, calm down. Oh, it's going to be there tomorrow when you wake up. Yeah. <laughs> we need to work hard, but then we need to learn how to rest. Amen. So what are the four things that we, we see in Jesus' life just before the greatest, or rather really in the greatest week of his life? Because it led right up to Friday. When he had that supper with the disciples, then, uh, then he got arrested on Friday. And this, this Friday, we're going to be here on service, Amen. 7.30, full service. Amen. We're going to celebrate the Lord, and we're also going to share some of those points, uh, some of the points of Jesus' passion, that passion weekend. But needless to say, first thing he did was? Praise and worship. He got ready for the battle, man. He got the right atmosphere going. Number two, he also did what? Prayed and prophesied, spoke into his community. He spoke of the word of the Lord. He shared with everybody what God was speaking to him, what the Father was speaking to him. And the, the third thing was? He cleansed the temple. We need to cleanse each other. We need to cleanse ourselves. We need to ask the Lord to cleanse us, to show us the things that we need to release, the attitudes, the mindsets, whatever it may be. And lastly, what did he do? He learned, or not learned, but he, he um, practiced in his life what was important. He would return back to family and friends, back to the Word. He would not leave the Word, that, that atmosphere of fellowship, that atmosphere of rest. He rested his body because he knew he was in for a, a strong season of warfare. Those of you that saw the movie, The Passion of Christ, my God, gives us a picture of what Jesus really went through. So he knew what he was going to go through. All that time, throughout all that week, he knew that the next step was the cross. And he had to go there because he was the perfect lamb of God. He had to go there because no other human would be able to fulfill God's holy requirements. Amen. So we praise God for that. So during the... Yes?
Amen. 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 And you know what I love about it? He chose to go to the cross, and it wasn't even for him. It was for somebody else. Wow. Most of us live all of our lives. Thank you, brother, for that insight. I appreciate it. Most of people in life choose me. You know, you know they choose themselves. They choose for me. But who will choose for somebody else? Who will choose to sacrifice for somebody else's benefit, for somebody else's happiness, for somebody else's deliverance, for somebody else's safety? And that's where in the church we learn that there are times it's better to minister to somebody else. It's better to serve somebody else than it is to be satisfied, to be comforted, so to speak. Sometimes God will take you out of your comfort level, not for you, but for somebody else. Sometimes you're not in the mood, you're at home, and somebody will call you, they'll need prayer, and you need to pray right there. Or you need to get out of your house, go to somebody's home, or go to a hospital somewhere and minister. Praise God. And that's what Jesus did. D Jesus didn't talk the talk. He walked his talk. He walked it. Amen. So this week, let's walk it. Let's prepare. Let's bring somebody next week, next Friday, next Sunday. Let, let's not just keep this blessing to ourselves. Let's make sure we are the blessing. Don't just be blessed. Be the blessing. Hallelujah. And talk about the blessing. Since we had a flood downstairs, we've asked Fred and Vera... Uh, because, you know, every week they prepare and they bring some excellent stuff. We asked her to pack some bags and give out some goodies today. So before you leave, she's going to give you a... Do you have enough bags? Huh? Okay. So get that ready. And as people are on their way out, I want you to bless them. Praise God. Amen. Let's thank God for Vera and Fred, for all that they do each and every week. Hallelujah. Amen. And you see one of the side benefits? Watch this. As we grow, let's say, for example, you have two or three hundred people gathering in our next place. Amen. How do you think her business is going to grow? Amen. She's going to need help. Amen. But you know she tithes everything she makes. She tithes it to this church from her business. She cooks that. She takes it to her, her and Fred. I mean, Fred, he's, he's very creative. Yes, he is. Sometimes you even see soups and you'll see a lot of different things. That, I mean, I love that. I appreciate that more than words can say. Amen. But just imagine what they can do if there are two or three hundred people here. Amen. How many cookies they'll have to bake and how many, all that other good stuff that they make. <laughs> hey, listen, some of, the, some of the greatest success stories happen people after their 50s and 60s, you know. You know the Colonel, Colonel Sanders? Yes. It was not until his 60s that he actually became successful. And even in ministry, there are some ministry people that, that I met personally that they became internationally renowned in their 60s and 70s. There's a couple called the Happy Hunters. They ministered well into their late 80s, but they got saved at 59. And God had them travel all over the world with a healing ministry in their 60s, 70s, and 80s. The greatest days. So, brother, get ready to roll up your sleeves. Hallelujah. Because <laughs> that's one of the ways we minister. We minister tangibly. It's not just laying on hands, praying for people. It's also giving them things that they need. And imagine in the near future uh, that we could minister to whole sectors, whole communities. We could bring 2,000 cupcakes or 2,000 uh, pieces of uh, pie or whatever it may be to a community and to children in the afternoon, play some basketball also and then pray for them and get them connected with Almighty God. My God, that's the way you work it. That's the way community does it. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah.